Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. Join Pastor Kevin Bordeaux as he explores the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day challenges. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.thrivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. Thank you. It's great to have you guys here. Um, we'll let you know that if you're first-time guest here, I'm Kevin. I'm the lead pastor uh, here at Thrive Church, and you have joined us in the middle of a series called Soul Detox. Um, if you will, if you're a first-time guest with us, make sure you fill out your uh, guest card and put it by the blue basket over there so we can stay in touch with you guys. So thank you today for choosing to worship with us. We're, uh, we're working with a new microphone, so if you hear those noises, we're working with it. Work with us. Our sound team is awesome. Um, I want to say this real quick before we get started. Thank you guys for making my experience, my wife's experience, pleasurable here at Thrive. We love it here. Um, You know, a lot of times pastors don't like where they're at. and They're always looking for the next place to go. And I'll just be real with you. I'm friends with pastors. All my friends are pastors. And it's great to see people who are so loving and generous and, man, sacrificial. And it blesses us to be here and be in the middle of a group of people who have uh, that type of mindset. Yesterday, uh, we had 25-plus people show up. If you couldn't, I understand Saturday's a tough day. And we cleaned the whole storage area out. Um, it was, it should have been, yeah, you guys that are clapping know what it looked like. Um, it was, I did not believe that we could do it. In, uh, in one day. And we did it in actually three hours flat. We had it knocked out. I was blown away. Uh, the reason for that is that we're going to have our kids' ministry expanded. We're going to add another room to it uh, to help us with arts and crafts. We're going to also um, put a food pantry um, into the church as well. And we have some families in March. We'll be kicking off a food ministry right here at Thrive Church. And so there's so many good things going on. If you will, um, make sure tonight, if you're a newcomer with us and you've never been to Newcomer's Coffee, right here at 6 p.m., I'm going to meet with all the newcomers here at Thrive and share with you our mission and vision. So whether it's your first time, your third time, or your 100th time, and you've never been to Newcomer's Coffee, I'd love to have you guys come out tonight at Newcomer's Coffee so I can share more about Thrive with you. Um, Also realize this, if you're a young adult in here and you're ages 18 to 30 or you're close to it, Say, man, I'm, I'm 31 and a half. I mean, you know, we, we can work with you. Um, ages 18 to 30, this Thursday at 7.15, we're having our young adults gathering over here at the cafe as well. And we've been having, uh, man, upwards of 15 young adults come out to, uh, to gather together. And I've been teaching leadership principles with our young adults um, and those things. And so just let you guys know about that. We'll turn your Bibles this morning to Psalm 42.5. Psalm 42, verse 5. And you're going to want to keep your finger there, too, because we're going to talk about that one. Um, or keep your iPad on, whatever you're using today. Uh, we're going to talk about that. When I was in high school, I played sports. And uh, I know it's hard for some of you to imagine because I'm not the tallest guy in the building, right? Um, but I played sports. And so we had a PE class. And I love PE class. All the football players took PE. And I'll never forget when we did our, um, our grades was actually doing your maxes. Anybody remember doing maxes for grades? You did your max? Nobody did that at your school? Okay, I did. So we maxed out on everything. We maxed out on our bench press, on our squat, on our deadlift. Well, I got up with the squat, and I had 350 on there, and I was like, got up under it. My friends were like, you, you, you going to warm up? I was like, what do I need to warm up for? I got this. And they're like, okay. 
I went down and I didn't come back up. Something in my knee popped. And um, I, I went down, I rolled out from under the squat rack, it catches it for you, and uh, it was very embarrassing. But what I did, I attempted to carry a weight that I wasn't supposed to carry. Now, I did go out and end up, a couple weeks later, I was able to, um, my knee, now it's damaged much worse than it is uh, then now. Um, I had to wear a brace when I play sports. But I did get to max out at 305, just for everybody who's wondering how much did he actually max out at. I did 305, so this five foot five one half, um, at the time, 175-pound uh, guy did 305. But here's the deal. Many of you are in the same situation with your soul. You're carrying a weight that you're not supposed to carry in your soul that's way too heavy. And today I want to speak to you about the heavy soul. We spoke about the restless soul last week. I want to speak about the heavy soul today. And look at Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Let me read that one more time. Why are you downcast, O my, say it, soul? Why so disturbed within me? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you, God, we can look at your word and glean hope. We can see perspective. And I pray, God, that as I deliver your word today, God, it will be beneficial for every person here. I pray, Lord, that the heaviness of their soul that they walked in here with would lift off, God. And, Lord, they would find freedom in you. God, we love you and we praise you. Holy Spirit, you're the best teacher and preacher. So, again, as I do every week, I ask you just to do what you do best and uh, reveal your word to your people. May their hearts be open and ready in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The first thing we have to establish is this. You're not a body with a soul. You got me? Because we think in our culture we're a body with a soul. We put high emphasis on the body, right? You're actually a soul with a body. One day when you pass away, this body will decay. Does everybody believe that? Are we on the same page? And we give so much emphasis to this part of us called our bodies. When actually it's going to decay, it's going to get older, it's going to wrinkle, it's going to get hurt. We know that's going to happen. And we, 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 we do all this for our bodies, but we never do anything for our souls. And friends, just like you rest for your body, you need to find rest for your soul. Just like you, you lift weights uh, for your body and sometimes the weight's too heavy, we carry that in our souls sometimes. And in today's society, a recent study was showing that our generation has the highest percentage that deals with a low-grade depression. Now, it's not clinical depression where th- you know, that does require some help and th- that is something that people go through and there's nothing wrong with that. But our generation has a low-grade depression and these are people who live all the time with constant heaviness of soul. And why do we feel like that? Because we know there's something more out there. Many of you are in situations in your life and you're like, man, I know there's something more. I know there's something more out there. I keep trying to buy stuff to please myself. I keep trying to, I keep trying to take this heaviness off with everything but what God has for me. And many of you could say this. You could say this about the heaviness of your soul. There's nothing really wrong, but there's nothing really right either. You feel that way? There's nothing really wrong. There's nothing really right. And you feel like you walk around this constant heaviness of your soul. And here's what David said. 
He said, why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? The word downcast there paints the picture of a sheep that would fall into a ditch. And this sheep would fall in the ditch and it was hard for it to get out of that ditch. And it would need the help of its shepherd to actually get out of the situation that it was in. That's what the word downcast paints in the Hebrew, the picture there. See, many of us can look at David and say, yeah, David, I feel the same way in my soul. I feel like I'm, I'm in a situation that maybe I'm stuck. Maybe I can't get out of. I feel like I'm climbing, but nothing's happening. And this constant heaviness grabs my soul. See, David knows exactly how you feel. He had a situation worse than you. His son, Absalom. You think your child's bad? He'll <laughs> try David's. Absalom stole the kingdom from King David. That means he went around and said, hey guys, I can do this better than you can do this, or better than David can do this, and I'll be your king. So he, he stole the kingdom. And David, his father, is again hiding in caves, and he had a problem he couldn't fix and an enemy he couldn't fight. He couldn't just go kill his son. So we're all like, yeah, yeah, he could. I'll think about it every week. I come into church and repent. I'm joking. I'm playing. He, he couldn't just fix the problem. He couldn't walk up to Israel and say, hey guys, I'm actually the king. It's all good. They would have killed him. He said, why am I so downcast? Oh my soul. He was in a situation he felt that he could not get out of. See, many of us feel the same way. We're downcast. Our souls are heavy. Why are our souls heavy? Some of you have souls that are heavy from hurts from the past. Look at Lamentations 3, 19 and 20. This is in your notes that you should have received as you come in. Lamentations 3, 19 and 20. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. Look at verse 20 of Lamentations 3. I well remember them, and watch this here, because this is Jeremiah writing this, not David. Don't you see the theme here? And my soul is, say it, downcast within me. Jeremiah was speaking on behalf of Israel. They had sinned against God. They had been disobedient against God. And God put them in exile, as you hear often here. Babylonian exile. The most wicked people ever. And Jeremiah is remembering the sin. He's remembering the disappointments. He's remembering the failures. He said, man, I am in bitterness because of what I used to do and what I have done. And many of you have heaviness from a past hurt. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you had a friend that hurt you. Maybe you feel God let you down in a certain season. And you're like, man, God let me down. I, I don't know why I went through this, but God didn't show up. Maybe you made a bad financial decision. Maybe you made a bad decision in your relationship. I don't know where you're at, but some of you are still heavy because you've made mistakes in the past. Other of us are heavy with trouble in the present. And everybody said amen to that. Y'all are doing good. Look at Job 4, 5, and that's a great book to go for trouble, right? Anytime you're going through something, just read Job. You feel a lot better about your situation because his was so much worse. <laughs> hey, my, my, my situation's not that bad. I mean, he had a, pretty, had a pretty bad. Going on a missions trip, people say, I'm just so thankful for what we have here, you know, now. And I just pity the people that live over there. I'm thinking, that's not the reason for a missions trip, so you can feel better about your situation. <laughs> 
you'll get that in a couple of weeks. But look at Job 4, 5. But now trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged, and it strikes you, and you are dismayed. You know the Job story of losing everything. See, some of you in a place right now in your life where you didn't think life would turn out this way. You didn't plan for this. And your five-year plan that you mapped out, you never saw this coming. And you're thinking, man, I always thought that life would be different. When I stood at the threshold of marriage and I looked down the view of life, I thought it would be much different than it is now. And you're heavy. Some of you at the job that you're at, you said, man, when I grew up, I never aspired to just punch numbers. I never aspired just to do this. And you're heavy because of trouble in the present of your life. You're just constantly dissatisfied with the way life presently is. And maybe that's not you. Maybe that's your neighbor. Maybe that's your husband or wife. Maybe I'm not speaking to you today. But, but, but this is for me. And then here's where I'm at. And this is where many of you may be in the third part. Heavy with anxiety about the future. I want you to watch this here. Mark 14, 33 and 34. Mark 14, 33 and 34. It says, Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Yes, that's Jesus they're talking about there. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That's Jesus. See, as Jesus looked at the cross and he looked at the pain that he would suffer from and he looked at all those things down the corridor of the future, it said his soul became deeply distressed. Remember, he was 100% God and 100% man. We're studying Gospel of John on Wednesdays and that's what we've, we've been talking about for the first chapter. He, was, he had anxiety about the future. See, many of us are in the same way. Now, he had a good thing to be overwhelmed about. He was carrying the sin of the world, right? Now, none of you are doing that today. So no matter how bad you think the future is, none of you have to carry the weight of the sin of the world. Amen? But Jesus looked down and saw that. And see, many of you are today are anxious about the future. You're sitting there wondering, well, what if this and, 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 and what if that and what if this doesn't come through? I want this to be different. I want that to be different. And you've got a heaviness of soul because you're always worried about the future. I want you to realize this here. These three can overshadow our souls. And I know this is kind of the A minor part, the, the down part of the message, and you're just listening intently, and I'm trying to connect with your heart right now. But you've got to realize something. The same thing with my knee. I have a problem with my knee. And my wife tells me, you just need to go get surgery on it because they can fix it. My wife tells me, you don't have to live with that problem with your knee. C can I just say this to you today? You don't have to live with heaviness of your soul. You don't have to live with it. Yeah, many of you are walking around and society has told you that you have to live like this and, and, and this is just something you've got to get used to. You don't have to live with it. Now look at Psalm 42.5 again. Then we're going to look at verse 6 also. I told you that was going to be an important verse. You're like, man, I should have listened. I didn't listen. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Now watch this. Verse 6. Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. You know what David did? He was like, man, life is difficult right now. Absalom has got the kingdom. I don't see any chance of taking it back over. I'm living in a cave again, and it looks rough. You know what David did? He began to encourage himself in the Lord. 
He, he talked to his soul. Remember last week I told you to tell your soul to be still? For you that are restless, just quiet down, be still. He said, he's not talking to you about putting your hope in God. Remember he's talking to his soul there? He's saying self. Put your hope in God and yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. You know what you need to do if you're finding yourself with heaviness of soul? Stop and preach to your soul. Preach to yourself. And say, self, you need to praise God in your situation. You need to be encouraged in your situation for God is for you. Matter of fact, you need to preach so good to yourself that your soul will stop and sing a special and give you an offering. You need to have church within yourself and be like, I am not going to stay in this situation. Friends, you don't have to live with a heavy soul. You've walked in here today just, uh, just going through the motions, living with it. And so here's what you need to tell your soul today. I promise not to preach long. I've got three points for you. Tell your soul, and you can write this in your notes. Number one, remember God's faithfulness in the past. Remember God's faithfulness in the past. Look at Lamentations again, 3, 19 through 23. And we have that in your notes that you should receive as you come in. Now, I like this. He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. Remember, Israel sinned. They're in exile. Jeremiah was upset. He was upset because of what Israel had done. He says, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Now let's keep reading. I like this. Yet. Somebody say yet. This I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, speaking of Israel. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Some of you thought that was a hymn that just was sung in church, right? That's actually Jeremiah wrote it. He should be getting copyrights, uh, you know, because of what he wrote for that or his family should. Jeremiah was in a situation with exiles, I just said. Tough situation, saw no way out. And many of you today are in verse 19. Hey, man, how you doing today? Well, I stumped my toe this week. The dog's sick. You know, how a bill come in. It's like, you like Eeyore. It's like, yeah, I know. Life is tough. You're like, cool. Um, if you want to have friends, let me just say this to you. Just don't, don't, don't do that all the time because people eventually not ask you how you're doing anymore. But as believers, you should be honest. And we'll talk about that in a second, about honesty. You should be honest. Yeah, man, it's, I, I'm going through it. It's difficult. But, but watch what happens here. See, some of you guys need a yet in your language. You don't have a yet. He says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Some of you don't have hope because you've never recalled or remembered God's past faithfulness. Remember I said last week to the people who are restless to reflect on God's goodness? The people who are heaven need to remember God's past faithfulness. The reason you're stuck in verse 19, you're like, I guess it would be better. I don't know. Because you've never remembered God's faithfulness and what he's done in your life. And if you want to yet in your life, you've got to remember what God has done and take time to inventory that in your life. Recall, therefore, I have hope. I'll never forget, it's one of the first scripture verses I memorized when I started scripture memory. And I loved it. And I memorized it from a different version. But I recall, therefore, I have hope. So some of you dead that are heavy, you're like, man, I don't know how I'm going to make it. You need to start remembering. Remember 
how God reached you for salvation. He pursued you. He went after you. When you didn't care about God, while you were yet sinners, God chased you down. He was putting a new sunrise every morning so he'd get your attention and put a new sunset every evening. Remember how God pursued you. What a beautiful thing that God does for us. We also need to remember, some of you need to remember that time you came to church and that message was just for you. See, God was faithful there. God showed up on your behalf. Others of you need to remember the time when you didn't know how you were going to pay your bills. He had no clue what was going to happen. And somehow the electric, electricity stayed on, the electric bill got paid, and things come through for you. Remember God's past faithfulness. Some of you need to remember that person that God sent in your life. You get ready to fall and break through and had no clue what you're going to do. And God sent someone in your life to encourage you. Amen. You need to remember the time when that song came on the radio. I don't know what song that is for you, but you got really encouraged because you needed that. And you were discouraged about what was happening in your life. I, I remember in my life, walking every day beside this door at East Carolina University in the dorm. And on this door, on the dry erase board, this guy had, had wrote there, open up your eyes before it's too late. And every day I would come in drunk and high. Didn't care about God, had no thoughts about God, Christ, or church. Didn't care. Every day I walked by, I had to look at that sign and think about this one statement. Open up my eyes before it's too late. You talking a buzz killer? <laughs> really? And, and I came to find out later, I put it all together. Because when you're not a believer, you don't, really, you don't really see it at the time. You just kind of get to experience it. I realized that the young man and his, his, his uh, roommate, his dorm mate, were believers. And I remember them hosting Bible studies. I didn't know what they were hosting in there. But I remember walking by and seeing them, all these eclectic people together, different backgrounds, all sitting around reading. I thought they were doing a study group. But I realized now they never partied, they never drank, they never did any of that stuff. I realized now that that was a believer. And he has no clue today what that one statement did. God wrote that statement just for me. So anytime I wonder, God, are you in this situation? I remember God's past faithfulness. I remember in 2007, my brother had an aneurysm. He's 44 years old, 43 years old. He would crucify me for saying 44 right now. And he had an aneurysm. And my wife and I were in Oklahoma City and I was taking a, a class for my master's program and I could not leave that class or I had to, uh, it'd be two or three years before I could ever get my degree again. And my parents said, no, you just stay there. They actually downplayed the situation, but the doctor had come in after he had it and said, I, I don't think that uh, Daniel's going to make it uh, through the night the way that it's looking. I remember my grandmother, uh, after I go home, I go sit with her, my wife and I spend time with her, and she said, shook, she said, I, I got down on my knees, began to pray in the Holy Ghost. She said, I just began to pray and pray. She said, and I could just, I could just tell that God was working and moving, and you know, uh, it was actually at that moment, my, my mom could tell you the story, that my brother opened his eyes up the same time that she was praying. See, we, we have a God that intervenes. We have a God that interacts. And so when, when I start wondering, God, are you with me? I start looking back when God met me and met my family in situations in my life. And let me just speak to the young folks in here today. I'm not going to... Some of the young folks sitting here and they're like, man, 
I really wish this dude would get on to something else because I, I'm ready. I, I can't get any cell phone service in here. I want to text my boyfriend or girlfriend. I want to play on Facebook because when I talk about remembering God's past faithfulness, all the, the older generation in here are like, amen. They're ready to get up and shout and run laps for the younger generation sitting here like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I guess that's great. You know why? Because you never had to depend upon God before. Some of you. I'm not speaking to all of you, but, but some of you have had your mom and daddy bail you out everything you ever go through. And so that's why you don't need God. You just want God. And you wonder why, why is mom and daddy so faithful coming to church and giving offerings? And do, I don't do all that because you've never needed God. But when you sit with an older generation, you talk with them about their walk with God, they'll carry you to a point in times where if God did not come through, they would not have gotten through. And that's where you see them faithful and they show up early and they leave late and they raise their hands during work. They're just passionate for what God has done in their life. And they can tell you that story. They can tell you times when they couldn't afford medicine and God healed them. They can tell you times when they didn't know where food was coming from and somebody showed up with a bag of groceries at their doorstep. Amen. That's why I like a diverse church like we have. I don't want just a young church. I don't want a bunch of 20-somethings, and that's all. Not that I love 20-somethings. I'm almost there. If I rewind a little bit. I'm closer to 20-somethings than I am anything else. But I like the fact to have diversity because you, you sit with the older generation, and they can tell you the stories. And some of you need to sit with them and ask them. Some of you that have parents and grandparents, you need to ask them their stories of what God has done in their life. And you're going to hear this over and over again as a point here at Thrive because you've got to remember God's past faithfulness. I just said this during worship. When you get to the point where God is all you have, you will find out he is more than you will ever need. More than you will ever need. Remember God's past faithfulness. I call this to mind, therefore I have hope. Are you do have a heavy soul today? Are you struggling with that today? You're saying, I just, nothing's really wrong, but nothing's really right. Begin to remember God's past faithfulness. Here's the second point this morning. Cry out to God in the present. Cry out to God in the present. And we're going to look at Psalms 142, verse 2, and then verses 5 and 6. Verse 2, and then verses 5 and 6. Psalms 142. David said, I pour out my complaint before him, that being God. Before him, I tell him my trouble. Then look at verse 5. I cry to you, O Lord, and I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Most scholars will agree that David wrote this while he was being chased by King Saul. He lived in caves for years being chased by Saul. Remember that he was anointed to be king? And then he got chased for 13 years in and out caves? Now, I don't know what your situation is, but I can guarantee none of you lived in a cave this week. And none of you were chased by a king this week. If you were, then we'll, we will let you come and take this point over and share your story. But I guess the best place to develop a devotional life of crying out to God is being chased by the king while in caves. See, this psalm here, it, it's, it's important to note, this is what you call an instructional psalm. This instructional psalm here was given to the Israelites for them to recite in prayers. So they took this psalm here and took it to heart that we should use this when we pray, crying out to God. Now, I like what one Bible teacher said. This was good. If David would have prayed as much in the palace as he did the cave, his life might have turned out much differently. 
For you don't know, he fell a lot in the palace. He fell into sin. He fell out of God's will. But sometimes when you're in the cave, that's when you learn to cry out to God. You guys that have a heavy soul right now, you need to learn to cry out to God. You need to take time alone where you're going through something and say, God, I don't understand what's going on. You, God can take your honesty, friends. He doesn't need thou art thy greatest, thee in thine heavens. Sometimes all God needs is help. Learn to cry out to God. He can handle you being honest to him. And David, what I love about the Psalms is David had a messed up life. He is not the model of what you want to go after when you're looking at a model life. But you know what David did? He always rebounded. And you know why? Because he learned to cry out to God. And the word cry there, it, it elicits the thought of literally crying till you have no more breath left. Not just shedding some tears because you watched the passion and you felt really bad about Jesus. Just literally crying out, travailing before God because of the situation that you're going through in your life. See, First Peter tells us this. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. You know what that literally means? To hurl or to throw. As hard as you can throw it. Cast your cares upon God. Whatever you're going through today, learn to cry out to him. I remember when I was planting the church in Florida, and, and this is my experience, when God really brought me to a place where all I had was him. I remember sometimes I would go through such seasons of difficulty and pain and hurt and just worn out, man. And my wife can tell you, poor, this lady here should have a psychology degree. She's a physician assistant, but she, she, she kept me off the, the ledge many times. <laughs> She, she really did. She's, she's my associate pastor. People ask her, what does your wife do at church? She, she keeps me sane. But I remember driving to work and being out of options. I didn't know what to do. I had no more answers. You ever been there? I don't, have, I don't know what else to do. And just crying to God and screaming. I know people driving by thought that I was absolutely crazy. But the Release that you have when you release that to God and he can handle it. And the thing I realized, the more I cried out to God, the more it became worship unto him. Cry out to God. Give him whatever you're going through in the present. Let him know what you're going through. Don't hold back your tears. And finally this morning, your third point is this. Trust in God's power for your future. Trust in God's power for your future. If you have a heavy soul this morning, trust in God's power for your future. Now I can say this, young adults in here, this is probably for you because you, you have a lot ahead of you and you probably have a lot of unanswered questions here. So I know I picked on you a little earlier, but this point's probably for you in here. Look at the, uh, the scripture, 2 Chronicles 32, 7 and 8. 2 Chronicles 32, 7 and 8 in your notes. Hezekiah, king of Judah, said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of the flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. They were going against a wicked army that was big. It was like 300 versus the massive. You ever seen 300? Get the picture there. And Hezekiah stands up and I love this. I feel like, like a brave heart moment. 
Just don't worry about their vast army. I know they outnumber us, but we have God fighting on our side. Don't worry about that coming up. See, so you've got to realize in your life that some of you need yets. Stop being Eeyore and have a yet. But others of you need buts in your life. And that's what Hezekiah said here. Four or There's a greater power. And he says, but with us is our Lord and our God. You need to get a but in your situation where you can talk about how bad it looks and the army of Assyria and they're outnumbering us. I don't know how we're going to make it. But then you can say, but greater is he that is in me and with me than he that is against me. That's a good place to say amen right there. Yeah, if you didn't know, I'm sure if the cue went up, is there the amen cue? We should have an applause and an amen cue. That would, both of them would have went up. Because no matter what you're facing, God is greater than whatever you're facing in your life. God is greater than anything that you're facing. See, many of you are worrying about the future. And I like this, you're paying a down payment on a problem that will probably never happen. I had Joan the Jamaican. I actually texted Joan when I was uh, writing this message this week. I worked with Joan at Workforce. And, um, and you know, she called me the little white Jamaican. And she'd always pick on me with that. But we, we worked hand in hand for about two years. And I like one of the things she always said. And I texted her and reminded her uh, that this week. She said, you can't let that live rent free in your mind. It's got to go. Some of y'all are letting problems live rent free in your mind. And you've got to let that problem go. When I was a young man, um, he's still a young man. I was a young boy. Is that better? I used to watch this show called MacGyver. Anybody remember MacGyver? Uh, Yeah, somebody really loves MacGyver. Uh, Jordan, you probably watched reruns of MacGyver, dude. But he still liked it on TV land or something. But the thing about MacGyver is, if you never watched the show, you'd always wonder, how is he going to get out of this situation? And you would watch it, and the first time, you probably were really, like, gripped. Well, after you watched it the first time, you realized in the last five minutes, MacGyver's going to take a paper clip and a piece of bubble gum, and he's going to come through in the end, right? He's trapped in the bottom of the ocean in a barrel. And he's got a paper clip and a piece of bubble gum, and he escapes. So now when you watch MacGyver... After that, you weren't watching to find out if he was going to make it. You were just wondering how he was going to, to make it. See, that's how God works. I'm not saying God is MacGyver. Uh, don't, don't quote that theologically. What I'm saying is this right here. Once you've seen God come through before, you're not waiting to see if God will come through. You're just wondering how God's going to take a piece of bubble gum and a paper clip and get you out of the situation that you're in. You start wondering, God, how are you going to do it? How are you going to make this happen? Friends, today, you have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in you. God is for you. God is with you. God is in you. Be encouraged about the future that you have. I know it may look bleak. Some of you are wondering, maybe you're on unemployment today, and you're like, man, I can't find a job. I don't know how I'm going to make it. You need to be encouraged. That God is for you. He's working in you and on your behalf. Continually trust in God's power for the future. Psalm 42, 5 and 6. Let me close with that scripture again. You're going to get this scripture in you. If you've never memorized one, you're going to today here at Thrive Church. Why are you downcast, O my soul? 
Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. As they begin to sing this song, This is the Air I Breathe, I want you to take a second where you're sitting. I don't know the heaviness that you're facing, but I know today God had me speak this because some of you are facing heaviness in your souls today. And I want you to take a second, just take a moment as they begin to sing this song. And I want you to just allow God, you can bow your head and close your eyes in here even right now, and allow God to take the burden of the heavy soul away from your life. Just allow Him to do that right now. Just take a second. Take time where you're sitting just to let your heavy burdens lift. Cry out to God today, wherever you're sitting. Just ask Him to lift the heavy burden. head bowed and every eye closed in this place right now. If you've come today to Thrive Church and you sense that God is speaking to your heart about receiving Christ as your Savior. Maybe you say, you know what, I live with heaviness. I've never put my hope in God. I've never done that before. Maybe you're at a place today and, and maybe you put your hope in God and you, you just life got in the way and you're saying, today I just want to renew my commitment to the commitment that he made to me. I don't know where you're at today, but, but if you're in this place and you say, man, today's the day. I'm not going to call you up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But you have got to call on the name of the Lord. And in order to be saved, the Bible says, you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. 
So we're right now, if you're saying that's me, Kevin, I need to renew my commitment to Christ. If you're saying, you know what, for the first time I'm going to give my life to Jesus, I want you just to lift your hand up. It's not about me, about anything but you and God right now. Just lift your hand up and say, that's me. Nobody's looking at you. I want to renew my commitment today. Amen. I see that. Amen. If you want to say, I want to give my life to Christ. Is there anybody here that say, that's me today? For others of you in here with your head bowed, your eyes closed, you've walked in here and God had brought you here today just to hear this message. So if today you're saying, I just have a heaviness of my soul. I just feel like nothing's really wrong, but nothing's really right. And I feel like I have anxiety about the future and the past. And I just, there's so much clouding me and I need a soul detox today. I want you just to lift your hand and say, that's me. I just need to, need, need to have that lifted off. Amen. I want to pray for you right where you're sitting this morning. I want to ask God just to touch you right where you're sitting. So if you will, just prepare your hearts just to receive. Father, I pray for every person that's in this place today. God, it's no accident that they came on this day at Thrive Church. And so, Father, I pray, I thank you for that, that you divinely brought every person here today. But God, I ask right now that you would lift the heaviness of their soul. Right now, lift the heaviness of their soul. I pray this week, Father, as they leave here, that they would begin to remember your faithfulness. They would cry out to you in the present. And I pray, God, that they would trust your power for the future. And the heavy soul would lift, Lord. I pray for that right now. And I ask that the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard their heart and their mind in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray for that over every person right now. And I thank you, God, for the work that you have done here at Thrive Church today. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.